Today I'm at Scoff Lodge, in-focused cocktail bar that opened in 2012 at the corner of Armitage and Kedzie in Chicago's Logan Square neighborhood. Scoff Lodge also offers crafted cocktails, craft beer, small plates, and a dinner menu. These small plates, by the way, according to their website, go well beyond bar food. The place also features two fireplaces, which must certainly be a draw during the cold winters. And there are no TVs. And allegedly, they have Malort on tap. Hmm. My guests today are Sholanda White, a beer enthusiast who goes by Afro Beer Chick on social media. And her husband, Nick White, co-host of the Chicago Beer Pass podcast. Welcome. Thank you for having us. Hello, hello. So, the big question that I have to ask... Why Scofflaw? How did we end up here? Nick, (laughs) honestly, when you reached out to me, I wasn't sure where to go. So I hit him up and asked him if he wanted to do the show with me and asked him where should we go. And he mentioned Scofflaw. Now, this is only my second time coming. We came in once before. We stopped in for a round or two. And then, yeah, but yeah, this is, I'm going to let you answer this one. That's funny. Um, You know, my uh, my love for Logan Square uh, knows no boundaries. So, um, you know, we, I had a lot of fond memories coming to Scofflaw, you know, back when I used to ride the bus. And, um, you know, the two-fireplace thing will get you. But then, honestly, man, um, it's a gin bar, you know, and it's, that's the spirit I don't make my way around to. And they're gin enthusiasts here. Also, you know, they have a podcast, the, uh, the guys who run Scofflaw, and I've been listening to it a lot lately. So Scofflaw was on my mind when she said that. I'm like, I haven't been there in a while, and I've been listening to their show, so let's go there. And you make the you made the drive down all the way from Rogers Park. Rogers Park, Chicago. Hello. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, about uh, about ten miles north of uh, Navy Pier, and um, yeah, you know you can, but it's a nice ride down Western. Sure. You, know, you take Western, cut over at Armitage, boom, you know, and then cruise, you know. Well, and as we talked about when we were getting set up, it's nice to get out of your area. Otherwise, you end up going to the same four <laughs> places all the time. You so know, um, yeah, uh, shout out to my guy. Uh, <laughs> Beer, B Rad on Chicago Beer Pass, but yeah, he's he's at Old Irving a lot, you know? yeah, and that's his that's it's his. It's kind jam. of become his home away from home. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah like uh, exploring, re getting reacquainted with neighborhoods is a big part of why we love this town. Sure. You know, what do you both look for in a bar, or is it different for each of you? For me, I think it's kind of different for each of us. So for me. I look at the ambiance of the bar. Is it low key? Is it sexy? Does we have great drinks? What type of crowd do they draw? Um, other than that, I'm pretty simple. You know, and the, the beauty about Chicago is because we have 77 different neighborhoods and you're going to get something different in each bar. So I can't expect the same atmosphere in every bar that I go to. So right now in Scofflaw, I'm going to get some, something completely different if I go to Bronzeville or if I go to South Shore or if I go to Rogers Park. So that's what I love about the diversity in the atmospheres of the bars here in Chicago. Nice, nice. I think um, I'm a big fan of fancy cups. You know, so we find ourselves at, you know, three dots in a dash or, you know, this place here. We've ordered four cocktails. They come in four different uh, types of stemware, you know, and even on the uh, on the beer side, you know, a place like uh, Sleeping Village. You know, they really I like places that really care about the type of glassware that they're serving your, your beverage in. And then after that, all about ambiance, man, uh, fancy, fancy chairs, dim lights, um, you know ornamentation i'm into that kind of stuff when i go out you know or and if they or if it's a simple joint just a place where that they're bla- they're blasting their music louder than i can blast it at the house you know so yeah is there something when you walk into a bar that you go 
this is not my scene or something where you walk in and you go, oh, this is my place. Mm. I think it's more about the feel. So, again, because I'm so diverse in, like, where I hang out, I can easily, as soon as I walk into a space, I'm like, okay, this is my vibe. Or I'm like, um, this is not really my jam. I'm going to be a one and done, and then I'm out. So, <laughs> this is more about the feel of the space for me. That's interesting, man. You know, uh, we were talking about uh, uh, distributors on the way on the way here. We were talking about distributors for uh, beer. And, um, you know, I'm often kind of drawn to what they have on draft because then you know, you know what their allegiances are to you know who the wholesalers are so that's always interesting so i'm always taking a, a, a look at every bar and I'm, I'm soaking it in um but i don't know if they got a if they got a jukebox you know bring on bars i like a i like a bar with a jukebox man you, know? you mean a classic jukebox or like the touch tunes jukebox um I, i'm gonna say touch tunes like as uh-huh. much as i like vintage stuff you know uh with the record that comes out and yeah. uh lands I, give me the touch tunes because I can I can use that on my app, you know. So right, I, but you don't have to actually get up and walk over to the machine, stare at and it. And that's another thing. Hitting the button. No one knows, and I don't know why I'm talking with my hands. <laughs> but no one knows who plays it. You know what I mean? The the bar at large doesn't know you played it if you got the app. So I think touch tones for sure. Yeah, <laughs> unless I walk in and I'm playing. Uh, 15 beers by Johnny Paycheck and they go who here played 15 beers and Outlaw Country song that guy I'm going to point know. on the point of Shalana they'll be like they this, she go right and here they, and they're going to see me with this big old afro <laughs> colorful and make them like nah she didn't do that yeah. more than likely you did <laughs> by the way the reason I found you on social media was I was going to take the name Afro Beer Chick and I was like ah oh, somebody's already got Afro Beer Chick <laughs> And then I thought, well, maybe I could be Afro Beer Chick 1. And then I was like, ah, oh, that's going to be weird. So I skipped it. I would love it. to see you pull that one off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so lame when people do the whole underscore thing. You right. know, like the whiskey guy is already taken, so then they're the underscore whiskey underscore guy. Got to let it go. Got to find something yeah. else, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's see. I'll do a little bit of the uh, building and bar history here. You guys may not know, but I did a little research. Okay. Let's see if I can actually read this. Hold on. Grabbing a candle. Oh, gosh, so dark in here. So the address was the home of the Zeitman Drug Company. Zeitman, Z-E-I-T-M-A-N-N, starting in 1935. The owner, Samuel Zeitman, was born in Lekowitz, Poland in 1866. He lived in England for a bit before moving to the States. Arriving in Chicago in 1905, Zeitman was a cigar manufacturer and seller of tobacco products at Milwaukee and Racine and owned drugstores at Milwaukee and Chicago, Milwaukee and Noble, and on the South Side. According to records, it appears Zeitman, his wife Esther, and their son Harry lived above the drugstore. It was kind of cool. Samuel Zeitman retired in 1956 at the age of 90. That's when he retired, which is bonkers. At which time Vivian Kleiman, Samuel's granddaughter, and her husband Eugene took over the drugstore. At some point, the shop was named Thrifty Corners. Hey, now. I know you'd want to come to a place called Thrifty Corners. Uh, still selling cigars, toys, and what appeared to be over-the-counter medications until 1974 when they retired. Uh, Vivian died in 1994 at the age of 70. I did find an application for a city license at this address for a packaged goods and food store called El Baratio in 1991. I have no idea whether they actually got it. Back in the early 2000s, this address was the site of an eatery called Lucky Strike. And by mid-2003, was called the Street Side Cafe, which offered $3 margaritas. 
I would have been all over that. That would have been my joint. Right I would have been all over that. That doesn't sound bad at all. Uh, same team behind Scofflo, you may uh, already know this, uh, also run Slippery Slope, which, based on the website, has DJs dancing. Uh, they list uh, Logan Square's favorite dance floor, and so I'd, I'd look totally out of place there, I'm sure. Mm. Although they do say skee-ball, which, I don't know if you guys are skee-ball fans. That was like um, when I was a kid at Showbiz Pizza. See? I, was I would want to do that. If I could get tickets, uh, and see. then trade a bucket of tickets for like an eraser, because that's all you ever got. <laughs> you never got anything good. 20,000 tickets for one eraser. The Heavy Feather is a fern bar above Slippery Slope that offers craft cocktails, gold mirrors, and polished walnut. It's a little more of my speed. Outside Voices, an eclectic wine bar, and the Moonlighter, which I have been to and recall an amazing burger, uh, was had along with a fine selection of beers. Hmm. So a little more about Scofflaw and the place here. There you go. I'll save the other reviews for later. But, uh, yeah, this place is really well regarded, and honestly, I can see why. Yeah. I didn't know the history on it, so that was cool. It was a drugstore, yeah. and it was a, a margarita joint. So... $3 margaritas. I mean, oh, even. My favorite spot right there. Yeah, even 15 years ago, that's like five bucks now. $5 margaritas? I'd be all over that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There seems to have been a glitch in the recording, but as you'll hear, one of the garnishes to next drink was a piece of candy. Like if I just ate the candy, because I'm not like super into like hard candy like that. Nick got a around? drink called the Swizzle. Even the ch- color is starting to change. So oh. yeah, now that we're saying it out loud, the name of the, the name of the drink. Yeah. And the fact that it's uh, Werther's on it, I was supposed to swizzle it. Oh, I got it. Well, you didn't you didn't have that much. So the Swizzle is a whiskey drink. No, no, it's no. gin. Gin drink, okay. And it had a uh, little candy on the side of it. We were trying to figure that out. Side. And then um, it has some fancy ingredients, man. Shalanda figured out that uh, it's it's meant to be swizzled. Yeah, like we were saying, it's uh, Werther's infused... You get a hint of the caramel in it now. Cochi Torino. What's Cochi Torino, man? I don't know. If what? I have another kid, I'm going to name it Cochi Torino, though. Oh, you got to say the whole thing. Like, all one, all one. Cochi Torino Henry. That's a great name. So I read on one of your social media sites, maybe the blog, how you got into craft beer. Yes. But for listeners who don't know the story, please share. So it was him that actually got me into craft beer. So he gave me, we were, this is when we were dating, and he, I'm at his place and he gives me this beer, Sophie, from Goose Island. He said, here, I want you to try this. And I was like, what is it? He's like, it's beer. And I'm thinking, okay, at that time, I had no idea craft beer was even a thing. I said, it's going to taste like another Heineken or something. So before then, you drank just the macro brews, just the big... It was before I knew better. It was before (laughs) I knew better. So once he poured it, and it poured like a champagne, and I'm like, man, this is really good. This is some really... I was like, are you sure this is beer? Well, and the Sophie's in the fancy bottle, right? right? Isn't it? Yeah. Right. And I wasn't used to that. So it was so funny because after that, like whenever I would go over, I, I started hitting up my local shop and I would start bringing beers. Like, hey, have you tried this? I even bought a beer one time with feathers on the bottle. It was against the grain. Kentucky <laughs> Rye Chicken. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. It, it, it was wacky. Wow. It, had, uh, it was a bomber and it had feathers around the, uh, around the half of the bottle. It, yeah, it was so wacky. So by that time, he had started up with Chicago Beer Geeks and I'm, and I'm hanging out with him at these different uh, events and I'm like, okay. Where are the chicks at? Where are the women at? Because I know I'm not the only one that drinks beer. So I just kind of started looking, you know, for my for my crew, and I came across uh, Girls Paint Out. So they had 
uh, chapters in like all these other cities and I said, hey, where about Chicago? They didn't have one in Chicago and they let me start one up in Chicago. It's not a, it's not a big beer town, so I can see why uh, nobody yeah. would have done it here in Chicago. Yeah, so they let me do it. I did that for two years and I had to kind of step away because at the time my kids were you know, fairly young. But um, I came back and I would say Afrobitrix started in 2017. So, because you know, now the kids are older. And it's like, okay, I could be an irresponsible parent a little bit more, you know. And it just kind of took off from there. But you, So you started Afro Beer Chick in 2017, but by 2018, you were like a guest, you know, bar person at Revolution? How did that come about? Well, that actually happened in 2019. Oh, 2019. Yeah. Sorry. It was weird because I just put a tweet out and said, hey, I want to be a guest brewer for the day. Who's going to let me do it? And Revolution, they was like, here. They was like... You want to come through? And I, I ditched work that day. <laughs> and I um, went to be a brewer for the day. It was more of, for me, it was more drinking than brewing, which was fine. So I got to see how Marty uh, Marty does the tastings for the Deep Blue Series, which, oh, my and, God, I was and like, Sorry, for those, for those who don't know who Marty is, you uh, have to share. Uh, Marty is an amazing one of the most amazing brewers at Rev that is behind their deep wool the, the the whole barrel series there is just killer and they're what I love about this brewery they're genuinely nice people I'm talking about everybody there from the top to the bottom from Josh to everybody there so and it's just been a, a great friendship ever since and what was your uh, what was your uh, thing what did you what did you make what was your Oh, you mean with the beer cocktail? What was your beer? Yeah, what was your uh, what did you create? Oh, well, see, it was so funny because we didn't. I didn't actually brew that day. I was more drinking that day. <laughs> but later, then the pandemic had happened, and out of boredom, and I shouts out to John Carruthers who works at uh, Rev. He used to kind of keep us stocked with beers. He said, "Hey," and I got bored, and I started making these beer cocktails, and they turned out to be pretty good. And now, matter of fact, next week I'm going to go film the next round of beer cocktail videos. That is fantastic. So how often are you doing those? Well, the holidays is kind of tricky. So we try to do one now, like, every few months. Okay. So, yeah, so we're gearing up for the spring videos now. Gotcha. And Nick, beer guy since the early days, or were you a macro brew guy at one point? And um, you know, I was, you came a, around. Uh, I was he, a hookah guy in the beginning. No, I was, not a hookah, <laughs> I was not a hookah guy in the beginning. Oh No, I used to have these long commutes from the South Burbs to the North Burbs. And the first thing you notice along these metro lines, man, is that every metro has a uh, a liquor store pretty much next to it once you leave the city. So, you know, and then um, I think we would go on uh, beer runs on our lunch breaks in corporate, you know, not to drink it, but just to go, you know, fuss about bottles and pick some up. And then that turned into events. And then um, my buddy had a, a, a website called Windy City Stangs. It was a car website. And um, it had kind of flopped. And he's like, I got this idea for Chicago Beer Geeks. And all I heard was, let's start a band. So then I just started writing all these, you know, songs in air quotes, right? Just all these events that we were going to. We write them down and take pictures so we wouldn't forget them. And then it just kind of snowballed, man. You know, we ended up in um, we ended up in Ireland with Guinness for a weekend. You know, we ended up at a, a, a malt facility with Budweiser, a hop farm with Goose Island. And it just, it's just been a lot of fun. And you march your way through neighborhoods. You march your way through suburbs. I have a better understanding of the region because I follow the beer, you know. So it's been a blast, man. It's been one of the cooler things of the last few years. What do you think is the best and worst things, trends going on in, in beer and bars uh, around the city? 
What do you like? What do you not like? I like the fact that people are creative with the with the beers, but then sometimes I feel like it takes them outside of their it takes them too far outside of their comfort zone where they forget about the styles that put them on the map because they're too busy trying to keep up with the trends that they see on social media. Like for instance, milkshake IPAs shouldn't even be a thing. <laughs> it's just like it's it's okay to not try to keep up with the trends. So it's like I want a lot of these breweries to kind of to go back to some of the classics that made them who they are. No, I, we're, you know, we're kind of cheap, right? So the, <laughs> the big advantage of going to breweries was that, you know, it was a little cheaper at the breweries than it was um, if you went to a bar, you know. But now that, you know, they don't want to undercut their bar partners. So now when you go to a brewery, it's the same 8 $9 that it is at a bar. You know, you know, personally, I wish it wasn't like that. You know, back in the day, you go to three floors and get a case of zombie dust for like 20 bucks you know and those those days are over now the, the it's the same price no matter where you go yeah so you know but i i, I get it you know that's it, that's a cost doing business so there's nothing you can do about that yeah um yeah and then well, oh trends i'm a big fan of uh, the black ipa you know it's a schwartz beer when it's done properly man it's like this uh you know chocolate covered orange vibe you know I was a big fan of that, and um, it kind of came and went. Beer's always cyclical. I think lately, lagers has been a thing, but, you know, um, Mexican hot chocolate stout was a thing that kind of came and went. The uh, hazy IPA came and never left. Um. Now, let me ask you about that. It seems like everybody has a hazy IPA, and I'm a fan. I think my fandom has kind of waned a little bit. I've got friends who just are like... It's got to be a hazy, got to be a hazy, got to be a hazy. Yeah. Sick hazy. You think it's ever going to go away, or you think hazies are here to stay? No, you know, we were talking about Old Irving earlier, and I think, you know, they're the they're the lord of the hazy pale ale, where it's got these elements of a hazy beer, but all those things you don't like about it are kept in check. It's a lower ABV. Um, it's a lot more balanced. Is that their Beezer? Uh, Beezer is their full-on hazy IPA. Okay, okay. But they have these smaller runs. I think one of our top ten beers of last year was a beer called Banshee. And, you know, these are small runs, all 5%. Um, they look just like Beezer in, you know, like physically, they look the same. Yeah. But they're a lot, they have a higher drinkability, you know. They're just, they're, they're still not really the best to go with food, but you're more interested in having uh, a second pour of it. Yeah. In comparison to the full-on hazies. Well, and your guy on the, on you know, your, your Chicago Beer podcast had mentioned that his sweet spot is between 5 and 6. And I thought, oh, that's, it's me too, because... When I go to a bar or, a, you know, especially a brewery, and I look and everything is like 7 to 11%, and I go, I just, I need something kind of light yeah. and easy drinking, and all this stuff is going to completely knock me down. You're like, man, I got shit to do tonight. Yeah, right, exactly. 7 like, 8% you know, beers? Quick beer. <laughs> we, uh, we took a little break to eat, and as we were getting ready to come back, Shalanda said they have a... His and her bar? Yeah, we have a his and her. So mine is the North Bar, his is the South Bar. And um, it's so funny, again, he was the one that got me into bourbon because pre-pandemic, I didn't own not one bottle of bourbon or whiskey, but now I can't even tell you how many bottles that are on the bar. Um, so in my space, it's colorful, it's bright. We have these funky LED lights that just, you know, different colors and then we got the vinyl going it's, it's such a whole vibe and then his is kind of remind you of a sexy speakeasy with the leather couch and then he has his wooden bar 
Yeah. That's true. Yeah, I got like a. It does sound sexy. I, I got my bar maybe in like uh, Edgewater at a uh, at this uh, uh, you know secondhand store. So it's got very much a, a dark walnut uh, uh, mid-century modern vibe. And uh, I do love. I got the fuzzy carpet and I got the leather couch. Yeah, and hers is it, more like her personality. It's colorful. Yeah. So it's not that you have different uh, liquor selections at each bar. They're no, pretty similar. Oh, it is. It, it, it's, it's, there may be some overlap, you know, as far as like what years certain things came out. So here, as a wife, it is my duty to let him buy the more expensive stuff, and then I help him drink his. Oh my gosh. I may need to uh, find a way to clone you somehow. That's, that sounds pretty amazing. So, go to bottle on your bar and go to bottle on your bar. Like, what's. Should we switch off? And I, I'll tell you my favorite bottle on your bar? Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. let's hear that. Um, I'm very partial to the. Uh, there's a Sam Houston 15 year on her bar. It's from a crew called Western Springs. So, it's a sourced and it's batched. But it's 15 years old. It's like 93 proof. It, when you drink it, you know you're drinking something special. You know, that's my. I don't have that bottle. That's the bottle that I like on her bar the most. And on his bar, I mean, I have it on my bar too, but I haven't opened it. Is the Happy 15, which we recently uh-huh. opened, which is so freaking amazing. So that's like 107 proof. Yeah. Thank you. But overall, go to is like. The Japanese whiskey, the Takami, eight year. Wow. I have killed like two of those. I think of everything that I've had, that is the one I have repurchased the most and I killed it every time. That bottle's ridiculous. It's something you can walk into Benny's and get right now. It's only 86 proof. It pours like it's something that's like 107 proof. It's, um, yeah, the way that they pack that much flavor into such a small whiskey. And then the story behind it, that, and it's like a $100 play. They describe it as a William LaRue Weller killer. That's how the people selling it describe it. It's insane how good that whiskey is. Yeah. While we were on our little break, I uh, crushed that burger that I got, which was outstanding. There you go. And you got, I, I got to bring it up on my phone again. Nick and Shalanda share the fire chicken scallion pancake. It's a scallion pancake, fire chicken, Monterey Jack, cabbage slaw, and you said there was some kind of an interesting sauce. Yeah, it was such a bizarre combination of flavors. I didn't know what to expect, and it came out served almost like a a pancake quesadilla topped with, like, a slaw. Yeah. Oh, man, it was fantastic. I was like, Shalana should probably try to make this, man. I got to tell you, between the staff and the general vibe of this place, I'm glad you picked it. Man, I haven't been here in a while, man. I'm glad. Yeah. Glad you gave us a reason to come over well, here, again, listen, man. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm always uh, listen. I'm always glad to, uh, to to meet new people in uh, in person and get a chance to share a couple drinks and and find uh, an exciting new place here in the greatest city in the world. Mm. So, and on that, Nick and Shalanda, thank you so much for being here, and uh, I hope to see you soon. Thank you for having us. Thank you, man. listening to today's one on every corner scofflaw with shalanda white aka afro beer chick and nick white of the chicago beer pass podcast this episode was written recorded and edited by me tommy henry 
Special thanks to Shalanda and Nick for joining me and also to Scofla for being amazing hosts. As always, if you have questions about anything covered today, anything to add or have an idea for a future episode, I'd love to hear about it. Send me an email at chicagohistorypod at gmail.com. I have links to various items related to this episode's subject and others if you'd like to learn more about Chicago's amazing history. Anything ordered through those links, not just the items listed, may earn a small commission for the podcast and help offset production costs at no cost to you. Check out the Chicago History Podcast Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram pages for articles and pictures related to this episode and past episodes posted throughout the week. The original art for the Chicago History Podcast used on these social media pages was created by John K. Schneider. Thank you, John. He can be found at AngelEyesArtJKS on Instagram or via email at AngelEyesArtJKS at gmail.com. I will be back soon with more stories from Chicago's history. Until then, get out and explore when possible. Find a new tavern. Learn more about whatever city you live in and stay safe.